Uncovering the reality of the learning to trade journey can be tricky in an industry filled with many myths and misconceptions. The aim of this podcast is to generate clarity over this journey through documenting the challenges and the solutions I personally experience as I move through the process from novice to consistently profitable trader. Everyone's trading journey is unique, yet if a shared tip or trick in this podcast can shave even 1% off of your learning curve, then that will be a job well done. Good morning and welcome back to the podcast. So in today's episode, I wanted to review every single freaking one of the mistakes I've made in my demo trading this year. And I wanted to discuss the solution I've come up with to reduce the likelihood of it happening again. Right, so to begin with, okay, let's talk about demo trading. Um, <clears throat> so generally speaking, there tends to be the opinion that demo trading isn't really worth your time because it doesn't truly replicate the feelings that you'll experience in live trading. Um, And I totally understand that argument. Whilst I haven't experienced live trading when I've actually had a trade plan, like I experienced it when I didn't have a trade plan and I was just pressing buttons. But with a trade plan, you know, when I've gone about things the right way, no, I haven't. So, um... So yeah, I don't truly know how different it's going to be, but I know it's going to be pretty bloody different. Of course it is, because there's actual real money at stake, whereas on demo, um, there isn't. Having said that, I think demo trading is incredibly important for this reason. So I'm going to talk about four, well, three actually, three mistakes I've made and one kind of just lesson um, that I've had in demo trading. And I'm so grateful that these weren't made in a live account because the impact of these would just be completely compounded. And they're kind of mistakes that don't need to happen. You'll realise what I mean as I go through. But they're not psychological mistakes. They're... I view them as teething issue mistakes. They're mistakes I've made because I was getting used to entering trades and executing. Um, And whilst, yes, they could happen in future because anything can happen, they're not the type of thing that I expect to happen regularly. Now that I've come up with a solution for it, like I'm saying, the likelihood of that happening again has been vastly reduced. Um, And also because I've made them, in the back of my mind, I'm like, check that you haven't made this mistake again every single time. So it's kind of just ingrained in me. Anyway, and I didn't want to go on demo initially. So I finished all my back testing and had all my rules done, trade plan done, ready to go, um, ready to start trading in January. So in January, I was like, yes, let's go. And what happened was I started asking my mum do you think I should just fund an account or do you think I should trade on demo? And I asked her this because she got to the point where she, I didn't even realise I'd asked her like so many times, but she just turned around to me one day when I asked her and she was like, you realise you've asked me this five times, Naomi? And I was like, oh no, I didn't realise that. And she was like, um, number one, first thing to note is if you start asking people who aren't even in trading questions, whilst their advice is, you know, like I fully the advice my mum actually ended up giving me was really good. But the point is, you're, it's kind of like desperate, like, 
I could go and ask someone who actually has experience in trading, knowing that they're just going to say the same thing. And I was clearly looking for someone else to just be like, oh yeah, no, just fund an account. Um, anyway, she basically said to me, it doesn't seem to make sense to go live if you haven't proven to yourself that you can actually execute whatever you're doing on a dummy account. Um, and I was like, true story, bro. Like, it's just true. So, Brett Steenbarger, a trading psychologist, actually, um, I'd recommend checking him out if you haven't heard of him, but he also said, if you aren't profitable in demo, what the hell makes you think you're going to be profitable on a live account? So, it's kind of, like my mum was saying, Naomi, it's just the, Naomi, Naomi, it's just the, um, it's like the final step before you go live, just do it properly, like you've spent, you've been so patient doing the rest properly, properly. Just spend this last three months doing things properly and then you're good to go. And I was just like, do you know what? You're right. Why fall at the last hurdle? Um, I'd rather be conservative and do things as they've been recommended to me than not. So I went on demo. And um, you may remember from a previous episode, I said I want to, when I go live, I want to fund my account with the least amount of money possible where it's not going to impact my position sizing. And what I mean by that is for Forex, for example, you can use a lot sm- a lot smaller, bloody hell, you can use a smaller account than if I need to trade indices, which I do. I need a bigger account to trade indices. And to be honest, I've noticed that this is one of the drawbacks of trading indices. But you know, they're, they've performed really well, so there's no way I'm leaving them for my portfolio, I'd rather just use a bit of a bigger account. So, there was kind of certain things I wanted to figure out from demo trading. Number one was, let's see how I am actually executing trades, what are the mistakes that are going to come up, and also I wanted to figure out the amount that I'm going to need to fund a live account with, because I wasn't really sure. So anyway, so I opened a demo account of a thousand pounds because I thought lowest amount, that's what I'd be happy funding a live account with. Another thing to note is the reason for me doing this is I don't have, let's just say a hundred grand, which based on my ROI average 50%, which will give me 50 grand a year if, you know, I were to get my average, it could obviously be lower than that. Um... I don't have that there, so doing anything less than a hundred grand isn't really enough for me to live on, um, so kind of making money from trading in this first year isn't in my mindset at all, it's more prove the concept that your trade plan works, next year get funded and then you make money. So, okay, let's go into the mistakes then. Okay, so the first one I made was on the NAS 100, and what that was, was I, on my cheat sheet, so I've got a cheat sheet, and then I've got my trade plan, on my cheat sheet it said use a 127 fib as a stop loss, yet in my trade plan it said use a 180R, um, and I was looking at the cheat sheet, the cheat sheet was wrong, I think before I must have been using a 127 and then when I was retesting I changed it back to what it was initially and um, yeah basically I hadn't changed it in my cheat sheet so what happened was there was a trade that was valid but because my stop loss was bigger because I was using the wrong one 
price never came into my zone because I use a one-to-one, I need a one-to-one risk reward. It would have been inverse risk reward with target one if I'd used um, the one that I had on there. Therefore the setup didn't appear valid to me. When I was later reviewing what I was doing, I was like, wow, I've used the wrong freaking stop loss. So, and that was a winning trade. So yeah, um, the solution to that was changing in my cheat sheet the stop loss to the right one. So that mistake should not happen again because in my cheat sheet now, I can see clearly on my wall, this is the stop loss you need to use for this. So, okay, fine. Let's cross that off the list. Right, the next one was due to time. And I mentioned this on my Instagram a couple of times if you follow me on there. So I'm the type of person where if I'm speaking with someone and I'm actually enjoying the conversation or I don't know, even in my back testing, in just if I'm doing anything that interests me, I'm like tunnel vision focus and just com- just completely forget like all laws of the world basically. So what happened was, um, I think the first time was that, in fact both times <laughs> I think this was, I was speaking to my dad, I think he got back from work, um, I'm trying to recall now, long story short is we were having a conversation clearly for freaking ages and I completely forgot that I was meant to, no, I like I kind of subconsciously knew you need to check the charts at seven, but I wasn't keeping an eye on the time, I just thought, you know, you have longer than you think you do and then I'd get in back into the conversation and just forget and then, um, it was like a minute past seven or five minutes past seven the first time. And I was like, shit, I need to check my charts. And I ran back upstairs and Price had given me my entry signal and had left my zone. So I was like, shit. Um, For that one, I actually managed to get involved again because if Price comes back to my zone, providing my target or my stop hasn't been hit, which can't really happen with my stop, but anyway, um, then I can get involved. So I set a buy limit order and yeah I did get involved so that mistake didn't actually result in any difference in my trading but it was a mistake nonetheless and I made it again so I made it twice this was despite me putting around oh no that was before that actually okay so then my solution to that was to put a load of alarms on my phone so I deleted every single alarm I had on my phone and I set alarms for five minutes to the hour and for example, let's say I'm like, oh, I need to check my alarm at eight o'clock in the morning. I would select the 7.55 alarm. Now I'm remembering, okay. So the second time, yeah, I hadn't done my posters yet. Um, anyway, so it was an evening and I remember I had like a lot going on that evening. I can't remember what, but I was just like so busy. And I checked my chart, I was like, cool, I need to check it at, let's just say five to seven. But I, and then like, when it was like half seven, I was like, hang on, it's half seven. Why hasn't my alarm gone off? I had to check it at five to seven. And I like ran to my computer. Again, the setup had, I'd been given a setup and price had left my zone and I didn't get a chance to get involved. And I was super pissed. Um, And it was because I'd set the wrong alarm on my phone. I think I must've seen 19 and thought, yeah, seven and just blocked out that said 55, and I set the 1955, which is five to eight alarm, rather than the five to seven alarm. 
So that was also a mistake. Um, the solution to that, and since I've done this, I haven't made that mistake again. I've put up probably about 10 posters in my house. My parents are just like, what does this mean? <laughs> and it says, um, have you definitely set the correct alarm? I have two in my room. Um, one I can see if I'm lying on my bed, one I can see when I'm sat at my desk. And I put them everywhere because that mistake is not happening to me again on my watch if I can avoid it. Like, I feel like I've done everything possible I can do now. Um, unless I were to just set an alarm for every hour of the day, which I don't really want to do. So yeah, and the other thing I did is I named my alarms so I can see 8 a.m. alarm rather than just being like 7.55. So I can see it's like the 7.55 alarm is called 8 a.m. And yeah, that mistake hasn't been made since. So fine, cool story. The next one, this is kind of like the final, well, not really actually, okay. So there's two more. The next one is the, you know when you get a subtle new structure load, so very shallow. Um, so there was, again, this has happened to me twice. Um, I was in a trade and then I was doing my analysis in the evening. It's really interesting because both times this has happened to me, when I've entered the trade, my instinct has had like a bad feeling about it because I've been documenting how do I feel when I place the trade. And I find that really interesting that it's then actually resulted in an error. So there was like a new structure low by a couple of pips. And in my testing, I include that as a new structure low because I don't care how much it's broken the low of the previous new structure low by. If it's broken it, it's broken it. And I didn't see it basically. Um, so I entered a trade when technically it would have been invalid um, because I thought that that was a retest. And then I entered further up when really my trend had been broken. And that happened to me twice. Um, and what I do now is firstly, I now take incredibly detailed notes of exactly what needs to happen for me to get a setup. So before I was just writing like, higher time frame bullish, Trading time frame bullish. Um, drawn zone on. Stop loss will be here. Target will be here. But now I number one, I've written out what happens because I also want to be learning from each trading setup for potentially new strategies or tweaks to my current one. So that's the first reason to write more detailed notes. But secondly, I write exactly what's happened and what I need to then get my setup. And once I've written that, I check it. I'm like right like let me go re-go over my analysis and since I've been doing that it seems fine and I feel more confident as well because I feel like I know exactly what's going on um like this morning because I think in my back testing the reason I didn't make mistakes as far as I know <laughs> I'm sure there were a couple but um like it didn't seem like I made mistakes anyway in terms of the new structure lows was because when you're scrolling along bar by bar you, like I put a horizontal line there and then I'm like, cool, it's broken. So you're kind of going bar by bar, whereas when it's a live chart and I'm drawing it out, I'm drawing it out from a bird's eye view. And then obviously what's happened, but more or less it's like bird's eye view, blah, blah, blah. So I think that was something I struggled with initially. And yeah, it caused me to be in two trades that I shouldn't have been in. One, like I said, I had a really bad feeling after I placed it. So I was like, let me just check everything again. 
Um, this should be a red flag to me in future, actually. If I have that feeling, check everything again. But hopefully now with the solution I've come up with, it just shouldn't happen. Um, so, yeah, I checked it again, realised I shouldn't be in it, and I just exited that immediately. I closed the trade. The second one, I never actually realised until I'd hit my stops. And this leads me into my next one. And this is a frick, the next one's like a very big, big one. And I'm actually really glad I entered that trade that I shouldn't have been in because I wouldn't have learned this mistake if I hadn't. So I'm looking at things on the bright side, but truly and honestly, like I'm so glad that this happened because this is kind of scary. Um, big, big wake up call. So position sizing, wow. So before I started officially demo trading, I, George recommended, okay, go and place a couple of trades on a demo account and double check that how you calculate your position size is actually going to be risking the amount that you want to risk. So say I, and this isn't for Forex by the way, because in my opinion, like Forex is a lot more straightforward. Um, like, yeah, it just is. For my, I've only got two Forex pairs and for both of them, the calculation's the exact same. There's also online calculators. Whereas for my indices, they're different. And I do not, I've not been able to find any online, online calculators. So if you've got one, let me know. But yeah, I haven't been able to find one. So, um, okay, so anyway, let me just say what it is. So for three of my indices, the calculation is the same. I literally do, let's just say, 5,200 minus 5,100, great, 100 pips to my stop loss, okay? That is what I do, and then I do amount at risk, so say I want to risk 200 pounds, divided by the number of pips to my stop, times 10. Okay, cool. And I checked this out, like I'm saying, George said to me, go and check, that the way you're calculating it actually results in what you plan to risk. So I did that and everything was fine. So I was like, perfect. So I placed a trade on SPX 500. And this is the one that I'm saying that was wrong, that I shouldn't have been in. Um, I didn't see the new structure low, blah, blah, blah. And I went to, because I was, I had like a potential trading opportunity the next day, for example, after I'd been stopped out. And, um, and my account was down by, basically on that trade, I'd lost 20%. And I was, because I was confused, I was like, is this, this doesn't seem like what my account should be. <laughs> like it really isn't, there's no way it should be basically giving me this number right now and I was like oh my god what's gone on and I was like I knew it I knew this XP SPX 500 um because you calculate it slightly differently and I was like wow the way I calculated it clearly must be wrong it must be wrong how else could I could there be an error and I realized after digging into it a bit that the issue was that with the, I'm just gonna call it S&P 500. With the S&P 500 trades, um, I need to do, and I know this, but it's not written on my poster, and I think that's the issue. On my poster, I'm moving this box out of the way so I can see. 
it just says amount at risk divided by pips to stop times 10, right? And like I'm saying, for the three other indices, it's very, very straightforward. For S&P 500, it's also straightforward, but I, to get to the number of pips, I have to do, as I was saying, the first number minus the second number, and then times that by 10. So kind of like in Forex, how to get to the number of pips, you have to times it. Um, by 10,000, it's the same thing, just timesing it by 10. And I forgot to do that. I treated it like I treated the other three indices, which clearly was wrong. Um, so it was actually my mistake. Everything was right, but I made the mistake. So that was a big lesson learnt. Um, and the solution for that is going to be a new poster saying for XBX 500 trades, have you multiplied the difference for the number of pips to a stop by 10? It's going to say something like that. I'm literally going to do it now. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the story. The other thing I've learned with position sizing. So that was actually four mistakes that I've made. Um, I thought it was only three. Yeah, it's four. The other one, my position sizing though, what I've learned is how much I need to fund my account by. So yesterday I had a trading setup and when I was calculating the position size for it, it gave me, I can't remember the exact number, but it was like 0.4. My position size needs to be 0.4. Like my position size can't be 0.4. Um, it needs to be one at minimum. So that tells me that this account is too small. So what I did yesterday when I saw that, um, I opened a new demo account. So I still have my old one um, because I obviously want a record of that. And yeah, so I opened a new demo account next to that with £10,000 and um, I placed the trades there. So yeah, because for me it's like, because I was saying to George actually, after I made that big mistake, um, I kind of wanted to reset my demo account because it doesn't look great. <laughs> it doesn't look great. I was like, if I want to get funded and someone sees that I lost 20% of my account because I made a mistake in position sizing. I mean, I've just said it now anyway, but um, it doesn't look good. And he's like, yeah, but he was saying if he was an investor and just generally what he's saying makes logical sense is that for you to see as an investor, okay, this person made a mistake, but since they haven't made it, and I was like, fair play, that makes sense. Um, he's like, each time you reset your account, if you do that, you're just shortening your track record. Um, he's like, it's not going to be perfect. It's like, you're always, there's always going to be some mistake you make. Yes, it may, may be less frequent, but you will, will, you know, make mistakes in the future. Obviously, you're a human being. So for that reason, I was keeping it. Um, and I do still have it, like I said. I mean, I've got all my trades logged in a journal in Excel anyway. But, um... I'm not gonna be not entering trades because my demo account's too small. Like, no, this is just telling me once I go live, it clearly can't be that amount. Um, so yeah, I opened an account next to it so that that's not a problem. Fine, done, and that's basically it. So that's kind of everything I've learned from demo trading so far, which has been a mighty eye-opener. Um, like I'm saying, really and truly, none of these mistakes are psychological, which I'm so grateful for. I'm literally so grateful for. Um, like I haven't overtraded. I haven't knowingly entered any trades. Um, 
knowing that I shouldn't be in it. What else? I haven't heard shiny object or like, yeah. So I feel good about it. I feel like even though these mistakes have pissed me off, it's kind of like learn from it, put something in place, really shouldn't happen again. Um, it is what it is. And to be honest, like up until, this is why also being around like-minded people is important or people that are just good for you because I went to a traders meetup on Saturday and between multiple conversations, probably mainly with Orshi and George, I don't know, just like getting their perspective and George was just saying to me, he's like, this right now, he's like, it's literally just like a blip. When you look back in a couple of years, like when you are where you want to be, you're not even going to remember it or you're just going to, you're just going to view it as well. That was a tiny little blip when I started trading. Um, and that's all it's going to be. And I was like, do you know what? I just thought, well, that puts things in perspective. Um, so yeah, I'm feeling quite good about things now. Um, and you know, Akil says this as well. When he started trading, he just focused on making one less mistake every single day. So yeah, my focus is just going to be on just focus on executing each individual trade right. Stop worrying about the long-term goal, which I was doing. I was like, oh, like thinking about managing money all the time. I was like, yeah, being in that mindset. Whereas now it's just like, just focus on this. Just like you focus on everything else, focus on the process. And if you execute right, like your result will come for you. So that's kind of what I'm doing now. So yeah, I hope this has provided some insight. I hope it's been useful. Let me know what you've thought as always. Um, check out the earlier episodes if you haven't, because there's a lot there. And see you in next week's episode. Bye.